Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Now, today, let me tell you, we are going to stick straight to breastfeeding because I have as my guest, Mary Foley. Mary, welcome to the show. Marie, thank you for having me. Mary Foley is the Lactation Program Coordinator for Baby Friendly Hospital in Massachusetts. She has held this position for 17 years, and previously she worked in numerous maternity settings, including obstetrics, postpartum, labor and delivery, home care, and she has also been a lactation consultant in private practice. Mary is very well connected in the lactation field as both a member of organizations as well as a leader. And on a personal note, Mary has four breastfed children. Ooh, what a surprise. And she's also the proud grandmother of five grandchildren. I hope that you will be watching Mary. She is at sweetsipscolostrumspoons.com. And also you can see Mary on her Facebook at www.facebook.com slash colostrum spoons. So guess what Mary is here to talk to us about today. Mary is very passionate about colostrum and I am here to tell you what she's here to tell you, which is plenty about colostrum. Mary, I'd like to start off for anyone who might not be aware or they might be sort of early in the game here. What is colostrum? Well, Marie, colostrum is the first milk that's produced by a mother in preparation. The production of colostrum begins about halfway through the pregnancy. And most mothers aren't even aware that they're producing this colostrum. They don't feel it. And very rarely, some mothers will leak a little bit of colostrum towards the end of the pregnancy, maybe a few weeks prior to birth. Sure, sure. Birth. So... We've heard many things, but we'd like to hear it from you. Why is colostrum so important? Colostrum, Marie, did you ask me how, why is it Why is colostrum important so for the important baby? for the baby? Yeah. Um, it, colostrum is really important for the baby because it helps protect the baby from infection. In mm. fact, based on the composition of colostrum, which is high in um, antibodies and immunities, providing with immunities is the most important for um, job for colostrum. So um, although babies do receive some immunity in utero through, through the placenta, the colostrum does continue to serve that purpose after the baby's been born. Uh, I'm with you there, Mary. You are so, so totally right. And so often people think, oh, well, it's just colostrum. No, actually, the fact that it's colostrum is a pretty big deal. So... Tell us a little bit about why the body would be smart enough to produce colostrum in those early days. Well, Marie, the baby comes from a sterile environment and then is born out here into the world full of germs. 
So it is a really important role for that colostrum to coat the gut. And um, as I think I've heard you say, it paints the guts. So small, frequent feedings of colostrum coat that gut continually through the first few days and help to protect that baby. Um, In addition, colostrum has a laxative effect, so it helps to move out that first stool that the baby produces, which is a cone. And getting rid of meconium is also helpful to prevent jaundice from occurring in a baby. Absolutely. So those are two important roles for colostrum. Um, and a third is that your, your newborn um, has been sucking and swallowing in utero. However, now he has to learn to suck, swallow, and breathe. And he has to learn to coordinate those three things. And the best way to do that is with small all amounts of a thick fluid. So as you can see from that, colostrum is perfectly suited for the newborn. You know, this is so important, Mary, because a lot of times, especially here in America, we always think that more is better and more isn't necessarily better. It would be sort of like, uh, you know, taking your toddler and having him jump off from the the diving board and into the deep water of the swimming pool when in fact he probably needs to be just in a wading pool and this is so important well you know really you you don't really want the baby to have to cope with this big mammoth volume of milk so it's really better that he has these little sips of colostrum because as you say he's got to learn this whole new skill yes he has done sucking yes he's done swallowing but now he's got the breathing piece and he's really got to be able to do that suck swallow breathe sequence or pattern and it's a whole lot easier to do that when you have a small bit of and and that's the other thing Colostrum is a little on the sticky side, so it's probably, I I can't remember being a baby myself, but it would seem to me like that that would help the baby to keep that in his mouth and then swallow it down and then be able to breathe, whereas the milk seems like that would be, uh, and by that I mean uh, when when the milk is copious, that certainly that uh, would make more sense that it 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 lines up more with the wading pool than off from the deep end. However, a lot of people don't really see it that way. So they, again, they're kind of like more stuff is good, more is good. So how do moms and partners feel about colostrum? Well, in my experience, Marie, most moms and partners are worried that colostrum is not enough for their baby, particularly because mom can't feel it. Um, They get worried that, they just don't have enough for their baby. And, and every baby is unique, and um, some moms feel their babies are too big and need more than the colostrum, or maybe their baby's too small and um, the baby needs more than colostrum. So uh, there's a lot of worry uh, in the colostrum phase if moms aren't prepared, really. Mary, here's the thing. I have had so many mothers who say to me, but I don't have anything yet. How do you respond when mothers ask you that? Well, I respond first. I like to ask them what makes you think that and just to hear where where she's coming from. And um, at that point, I like to teach mom's hand expression um, because 90% of the time we're able to show mom that 
um, they do indeed have colostrum. And a lot of mums tell me, I don't have any milk yet. And so I explain to them that colostrum, of course, is milk. Is and milk, it's, right. Yes. It's not the milk she's expecting. It's a small volume, rich milk, um, but it is milk nonetheless. And so adding hand expression at that time really confirms to the mom that they do have milk. And, and most moms get quite excited when they're able to hand express even a few drops. I would agree, Mary, because here's the thing. Honestly, mothers don't feel it, but we are sort of sensate beings. We've got to either see it or feel it or smell it or taste it or something with our five senses. And so it certainly makes sense that when people can't feel it, which they can't, uh, that being able to actually see it is it's really proof. But again, Mary, you and I have both lived long enough to know that when uh, babies start to lose weight, which here in America they do, they lose weight in the the first couple of days, which doesn't happen so much uh, in other countries, but it does happen here, then saying, oh, you've got colostrum, you're all set, that doesn't work so hot. So, So how do parents feel when they're told that the baby is losing weight and they've only got these little bits of colostrum? Well, that news can be very upsetting to parents, to be honest. And um, what we try to do and we encourage um, uh, people to do and moms to, to get is prenatal education. And in that way, we can manage those expectations ahead of time. Um, but in the, in the actual time period when mom is finding out that the baby's losing weight and she hadn't heard of that before, um, we do discuss that we consider it normal to lose weight in the first two to four days. Um, Mm -hmm. And that when her more copious milk comes in around day four, the baby will then start gaining weight. And again, I like to reiterate that the the colostrum's job is not to make the baby gain weight. The colostrum is doing its job. You just have to let it do its job and then the copious milk will come in in a couple of days. Totally, totally agree. Mary, I think we're back to the painting part. Everybody Mm. knows that whether you're painting your fingernails or painting a wall, you're not looking for big globs of stuff, okay? You're really putting it on in thin coats, and actually that thinness is what makes it work so well. So I think that mothers as well as Fathers, partners, friends, grandmas, whoever, really need to understand that the colostrum's job is all of those things that you said earlier about painting the gut, having the immunoglobulins. Well, you didn't say that, but I will. Uh, and so that's what it's really all about. So, Mary, exclusive breastfeeding is something that we talk a lot about, and uh, in a sh- I don't know if it was last week or the week before, I talked about supplementation and how exclusive breastfeeding is really the opposite of supplementation. So I know that there are whole books written on this, but give us a thumbnail sketch of why exclusive breastfeeding is so important. Well, you're right. There's all kinds of books and research that explains why breastfeeding is the healthy choice for um, a a newborn and an infant. Um, And Breastfeeding exposure is dose-related, so the greater the dose of breast milk, the greater the benefit on all levels, whatever that benefit is. Um, So in the early days, um, exclusive breastfeeding also leads to greater overall success with breastfeeding, 
and mm-hmm. therefore, again, increased benefits to the baby. I would totally agree, and so many times I've I've seen that happen where if the baby really gets a good feeding early in the game, he gets the colostrum, he learns how to do that suck, swallow, breathe sequence, he likes the taste, mother feels better about the whole thing. But I want to switch gears for just a minute, and that is, how does hand expression help in that colostrum phase? Well, hand expression is just a wonderful tool um, on many levels. It, first of all, increases the mom's confidence in her ability to breastfeed. So as you said, a lot of moms come in, they have no feeling that there's any milk there, and they often will tell us they have no milk. And then when we can show mom that she does have milk, her confidence is boosted right away. And confidence is a big part of the breastfeeding game, as we know. Um, And another thing about hand expression is that in the colostrum phase, it's typically more effective than pumping. So putting a pump on early um, in the first 24 to 48 hours is not always very effective because the pump provides vacuum only. The hand provides compression, and compression is what is really needed to move that thick, rich colostrum forward. So we see, in most cases, better success by using hand expression to get colostrum out. I would totally agree. And uh, mothers, fathers, grandmothers, anybody else listening, don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I'm here today with uh, nurse and lactation consultant Mary Foley. Mary's going to be back and talk to us more about what she just said about that whole hand expression and pumping thing. I'm going to ask her plenty of tough questions. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report. 
so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Born to Be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso with Born to Be Breastfed. I'm here today with Mary Foley, who is the developer of the Sweet Sips Colostrum Spoons. Mary, I want to go back about what colostrum is because I want to talk a little bit. People need to be able to talk about visualize here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what colostrum looks like. I mentioned the sticky part, and I know, mm, I think it might have been last week when I talked about rusty pipe syndrome and Folks, if you're out there and you didn't listen to that, you need to make sure you listen to that show. But, Mary, can you talk to us about the different colors of colostrum? Sure. Um, colostrum varies in color. It can be uh, clear at first. It can be whitish or very typically it has a yellow or golden color to it. Um, occasionally, mm-hmm. as in rusty pipe syndrome, um, you might have a tinge of red or pink in that early colostrum, but it's short-lived usually not more than 24 hours of that. Yeah, it certainly can be longer, but I would agree with you that that first 24 hours is when you're most likely to see it. And one of my contentions is that it could be that people have more of it and we don't see it because the baby's latched onto mm-hmm. the breast or it, there might be, it might be so light that we don't even notice it because it's really very frequently the colostrum is kind of that yellow-orangey color and so... You know, when does it leave off being orange to being dark orange, that sort of thing. You've helped us with uh, what's in the colostrum, both from the standpoint of the nutrients. We know that it's low in fat, high in carbohydrates, high in protein, but very high in the protective components. But, Mary, one of the things that makes me a little nuts is that there are people who seem to think that once the colostrum is over and the milk supply becomes abundant, that somehow these antibodies just jump out of the out of the milk. And that's, that's just not true. Please confirm that. Oh, no. I, I, and I'm in agreement <laughs> with that. Yes. No. The, the mature milk and the transitional milk are full of good antibodies and um, bacteria fighting properties. Absolutely. Uh, It just amazes me, though, that people say, oh, well, you know, it's not colostrum anymore. And I'm like, hello, wait a minute. (laughs) So, so Mary, talk to us more about colostrum. Do you teach every woman to to do, or, or hand expression, I meant, do you teach every woman to do hand expression? Does every woman need to learn to do this? Should every woman do it? Well, it certainly wouldn't hurt, Marie, and I am a big advocate of, yes, teaching every woman hand expression. 
Um, it can be helpful for her in the early days. It can be helpful later on. Um, she can hand express if she becomes engorged or gets plugged duck later um, in her breastfeeding experience. Or there are situations, let's face it, when she might maybe fall and she doesn't have access to a pump. So right. hand expression, I think, is something that every breastfeeding mother should learn. And I think the hospital is the ideal place to get that education where you have people Absolutely. that do know how to hand express and do know how to teach it. So we do it at uh, our uh, hospital. Uh, as you said, we are a baby-friendly hospital. We teach every mother hand expression. Uh, Mary, I just want to be real quick to say that some 25 or more years ago, when I was preaching this at the hospital, you can imagine that it fell on deaf ears. But (laughs) I really have the firm philosophy that any woman who needs to be able to remove milk from her breasts needs to be able to use her hands to do it. Now, she might not choose to do it all the time, and that's okay, but she needs to know how to do it, even if she doesn't always do it. It's a little bit like, uh, I don't know, using a hand can opener. You might use your electric one all the time, but doggone it, (laughs) you know, you got to know how to use that other thing just in case. And I gave last week a show on uh, emergencies. And honestly, if you don't have any electricity, and so many mothers these mm-hmm. days are using electric pumps, it's really important that you just plain know how to do it. So, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Marie, are, I, I'll, just, I'll just throw out there that I am a convert to hand expression <laughs> as well. I think, okay. I think someone told me maybe... 17 years ago in my practice that, you know, to do hand expression. And I thought, huh, I, I don't think mothers will like that. And, uh, but I, I went outside my comfort zone and I started teaching hand expression and I was wrong. Mothers like it. They like to know how to hand express. They like to see their milk. And I've never had anyone not really want to learn the skill of hand expression. Uh, Mary, I want to tell you, I'm really grateful that it's been your experience. I've not been as lucky. Uh, but I think that part of it is just helping women to realize that this is its just a skill. It's like learning to make gravy or learning to, you know, do anything else. You just, it's just a skill. You just learn it. Mm-hmm. Mary, I have heard of situations where women have done hand expression before they give birth. Um, I don't want to go into all of this in deep detail, but just tell us when that might be appropriate. Well, there are some circumstances, Marie, where that might be appropriate, particularly those studies are looking at uh, some antenatal hand expression for moms that are diabetic, so either insulin yeah. Dependent yeah. or diet control, diabetes, and pregnancy, um, those babies may be at some risk for a low blood sugar following birth. So having a little expressed colostrum on hand for the baby um, can be helpful. But as you said, there's not a lot of research, although there is ongoing research. So, um, yes. Yes. you know, we don't advocate for every mom to hand express prenatally, um, but if there, if it is happening, it should not happen before 38 weeks of pregnancy. Um, so you want to make sure that the mom is full term if that's something that she's considering. And, and of course, to talk with her healthcare provider also if that's Absolutely. something she's considering. Yes. 
Well, I think I want to get across the idea there needs to be a reason for doing it. You just wouldn't be doing it willy-nilly. So if mothers have heard about that, yes, it's very possible that that's happening. But it's there's, there needs to be some sort of indication you've given a good one, certainly. Mary, talk to us a little bit about spoons. Now, I'm thinking that in the hospital, we've always, I every hospital I've ever worked in, we have some kind of a drawer or other place where we've got spoons and straws and forks and mm. crackers and whatever else is in that cluttery drawer. But mm-hmm. uh, why do you think that it's not a hot idea to use the spoon that's in the drawer in the hospital? Well, there are a couple of reasons. And you mentioned one is that it's usually <laughs> a community drawer. So yep. everybody's <laughs> in it and pulling out spoons and various other things. Um, and in addition, it's not, it's big. When you are talking about small drops of colostrum, even in a uh, plastic spoon, it can look like a small amount. And um, in addition, it's just not that aesthetically pleasing to the mom. And that's why um, I did develop the colostrum spoon. It's small. It is very cute. And um, the staff really like it. And also it's kept in a clean area. And it's specifically a tool created for collecting colostrum. So it's not taking another item and using it to collect colostrum. Mary, I've been to your website, but I don't remember. Are they, are they pre-wrapped when they come? You, they can be purchased in bulk. So they would come in bags of about 250. Or you can buy them in pre-packaged three in a small little Ziploc envelope. And then oh, you can just it. have them. They can be passed to the mom in that way. So typically in the hospital, do you give them to the mother three at a time then? I'm a little confused. Yeah, we usually give out, you know, two or three. They're very inexpensive, and so we tend to not reuse them. So we'll give a mom two or three to get her started. In the hospital, a very common situation would be that your your baby's born, had a nice time skin-to-skin following birth. Um, latched, nursed well, and then maybe you got moved to your postpartum room, and now the baby's sleeping, and you put the baby back into skin, and he's not rooting, he's not queuing to feed, and it's going on three hours into four hours, and now the baby hasn't fed. So this is a very common time when we bring out the colostrum spoons. We show moms yep. how to hand express, yep. and we are able to, even with the baby asleep, we're able to just give a few drops of colostrum and tide the baby over for another hour or so and keep working gently trying to wake the baby and get the baby back to breastfeeding. See, Mary, I totally agree with this, and I'm not just saying it just to make you feel good or to agree with you. (laughs) I just got through writing a workbook for nurses, lactation consultants, and others who who want to do uh, really kind of some interactive learning, and I really talked about how even when the baby is sleepy or he's you think he's not awake, if you put just a little tiny bit of colostrum on his lips, he will lick it off. And sometimes it's in that licking, I like, I've used this phrase for years, licking and playing. You know, they're mm-hmm. kind of like, holy cow, what is this stuff? Ooh, this tastes pretty good. Where's, where have I got more of that? Mary, think about it. We adults do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you give us a taste. My husband had something or other uh, 
the other night we were at a restaurant and I get a little taste of his dessert. I'm like, ooh, where's oh. more of that? You know, and yeah. and because the colostrum is so sweet and so nice, the baby does want to kind of lick and play with it and then ask himself, where do I find more of that? And you're exactly. right, it does it does tie them over. It, it And so when people say, oh, but aren't you worried about the baby losing his glucose level? And aren't you worried about it's been more, th- well, I may or may not be worried about that with the three hours. But if the baby has some of the colostrum, so Mary, how much volume does the, the, the colostrum spoon holds about uh, yeah, the spoon holds about one ml. Okay, one milliliter. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe and just a touch more. Mary, for those people that might not know how much a milliliter is, can you help us to quantify that? Sure. Well, a five milliliters would be a teaspoon, so it's a fifth of a teaspoon. Pretty small yeah. amount, but it's packed with goodness, and it's powerful. I've seen one or two uh, spoons of colostrum help bring a blood sugar up. Sure. Well, because it's so packed. And I -hmm. also just want to say, if my memory serves me correctly, and I think it does, uh, Michael Woolridge's classic study showed that a baby only needs 0.6 mLs in order to stimulate a swallow. So Mm -hmm. that's, it's not like you need a whole lot here, folks. More is not necessarily better. Now, I got to tell you, when we come back, I'm going to ask Mary to talk a lot more about this business with volume because it's not just a matter of there's one one amount and that's all for all people or all babies. It just doesn't work that way. So Mary's going to clue us into more about how volume changes in different circumstances. Don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuto. We'll be right back after this short break. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. 
relationship issues, anxious, parenting challenges, no more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with lactation consultant and nurse, Mary Foley. Mary, we've talked about volume, and people sometimes need to get, everybody understands that there's less colostrum volume than there would be after the milk, quote, comes in. I, I think it really depends on what author you read, but the authors that I've read sort of more or less agree that in a 24-hour period, the mother has somewhere between 10 and 100 mLs milliliters of colostrum. Now, 100 milliliters is just a little more than three ounces. That's a lot less than 10 milliliters, which is really just two teaspoons. So you mothers have somewhere between two teaspoons and three plus ounces of colostrum in a 24-hour period. And for the benefit of those of you who are not in the U.S., I've translated that. So you've got uh, both the the uh, the metric and the pounds and ounces. We Americans do our pounds and ounces, I guess. But that's a big, big swing. Mm-hmm. Mary, what is your experience for why women will have more colostrum or how do they get more colostrum? Uh, what, what would you say about that? Well, or how long the colostrum okay. lasts? Right. So there are several factors. Um, We do seem to find that moms that have previously had a baby, and particularly if they've previously breastfed, their colostrum volume is higher. Um, And then in addition, just the basic early good breastfeeding management provides that base for increasing colostrum over the next several days. So that would be immediate skin-to-skin early breastfeeding within the first hour, exclusive breastfeeding without the use of supplements or pacifiers. That kind of breastfeeding in the early days brings that copious milk on. And again, that comes in about three to four days for most mothers. Mary, in that first day when you ask a mother to hand express her colostrum the very first time, how many milliliters would she get? Average, average. Average, I always have to split between the first-time mom 
and the second time mom. Second so I, time I mom. say sure. on sure. average, the first time mother might get 0.5 ml. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a pretty good volume. And then if it's not her first baby, and um, we have seen moms easily get 5 mls on the first mm-hmm. hand expression. Well, again, that, you know, to a mom, that doesn't look like much. Although I have to say, maybe I'll take that back. Moms sometimes <laughs> are impressed by that. They are like, wow, like more than they actually thought sometimes. Well, because they can't feel it there. Right. I just want our listeners to hear from me and to hear from Mary Foley that this is what I tell patients. If a mother had seven milliliters, I would consider that to be really a lot. So yeah. if if they get five, well, terrific. If they get 0.5, well, they're, that, that's okay too. Because remember, she might be the mother who gets 10 milliliters all day long, all day meaning mm-hmm. a 24-hour period. So just, just to sort of get some perspective here, Mary, do you agree with me that sometimes they will do hand expression or they might do pumping and they get, let, let's say they get three milliliters the first time. Let's go kind of in the middle. Okay. Okay. Then the second time, do you notice that sometimes they don't get anything Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So it varies okay. up and down. It's not a consistent um, no. uh, upward uh, volume. Um, it, it is up and down, and we see what we call a bolus amount. Sometimes the first pumping or hand expression, you you get an impressive amount, and then as you yeah. said, you go back to pump again, and you know it seems to be gone. But I, I'm so glad you asked that because occasionally we will teach a mom to hand express. And we are not able to see some, any colostrum on that first hand expression experience. And I don't want anyone to get the feeling that that's a bad thing. That happens and it, yeah. has no, it has no correlation to whether you're going to make a lot of milk or not. It's just that totally sometimes agree. the colostrum doesn't flow that very first time. It takes a little patience and practice. I think it's just like anything. And by that, I mean... Uh, If you've ever had, okay, so I've had a broken ankle, all right? And the first couple of times that I went to walk, yeah, I could take a few steps and I did pretty well. And kind of the next time, I didn't do very well. Mm -hmm. It's like anything else. Sometimes you have some sort of right out of the gate success. And then Mm -hmm. the next time, yeah, you know, one step forward, two steps backward. Sometimes that happens. But I liked your word that it's not necessarily all an up word spiral you don't get one milliliter this time and three millimeters next milliliters next time and five and seven and twelve it does it it does not necessarily go upwards uh exactly and so one of the things that i tell patients is consider yourself to be phoning in your order this is really not about the the nutrients so much as it is about the immunoglobulins, the protective factors, and it's about phoning in your order. Come on, we've all ordered pizza. We know what that is. We we call them up. We say, can, can we have this for later? When you do hand expression in those first few days, it's really to phone in your order, telling the breast that it needs to make milk for later. Mary, do you agree that sometimes a woman who has had a really, really preterm birth, and I'm talking 24, 25, 26 weeks, would you agree that sometimes she has 
either very, very little or no colostrum uh, repeatedly for several times. Would you agree? Well, Marie, my answer to that would be based on what I've read. I don't work with a very preterm population. Oh, Our hospital okay. uh, has a level two, but even even with the later preterms, sometimes because the baby doesn't always have the opportunity to go directly skin to skin, maybe the baby's been transferred to the nursery immediately following birth, and because the mom hasn't had the baby immediately at the breast, um, that that can cause a little bit of of a delay uh, uh, with the onset sure. of that copious supply. So it could she be instead of getting milk on day four, transitional milk, um, she might get her milk on day five or six. Maybe she had a delay in getting started with breastfeeding. So there's some, some things that can cause that to happen. Yeah, you know, I just want women to understand that sooner or later they will have milk. They will, ha- it will happen. It just, it's mm-hmm. going to. This is mm-hmm. not like, oh, well, I shouldn't say that. There are certainly some rare circumstances where a woman cannot lactate. But uh, mm-hmm. presuming that her body is all put together right, which most of us, honestly, it's really amazing. We all have 10 fingers and 10 toes, but we do. And so the truth is, it lactation is going to happen. Mary, you would you agree with this? And I think the answer is yes. I'm not keen on the idea of using the pump because don't you think that that little bit of colostrum can just sort of get lost, if you will, get lost on the flange of the pump? A hundred percent. If it hits the side, I mean, you can you can put your finger on it. Mom can put her finger on it and get it yep. to the baby, but it's extremely difficult to collect it in the pump. Right. And so this is why if you just put the spoon underneath, uh, it's like there's no waste. I think that's what I'm getting at. Right. When we teach hand expression, we teach a lot of tactile stimulation. So it's not just mm-hmm. the squeezing at the nipple. It's a little bit of massage before. Oh, definitely. Sometimes some warm compresses, just taking time going back and forth and getting into sort of a rhythm. And even with moms that at, at first compression don't get anything and second compression maybe a glistening, if they continue for five minutes or so on each side, suddenly they often get a little river of colostrum flowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another question, I guess. How, how long do you recommend that the mother do the, the hand expression? I really like them to do it about five minutes on each side. I agree. So including some good massage and just relaxation. You just can't rush it. Yeah. <laughs> good things sometimes take time. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mary, I want you to switch gears for a minute. And that is there are some situations, either it's the nurse is teaching it or the mother wants to do it or whatever, for whatever reason, they are doing pumping rather than hand expression. And here's the question mm-hmm. that I get. When a mother has a copious supply, I will generally say, don't watch the clock, just watch for the sprays. When the sprays start to diminish, you you probably pumped about enough. You could do a little more, sure. But with, with the colostrum, there are no sprays. No. I Yeah, so... So how do you, what do you say about the pump? How long should she be using the pump if she's in the colostral phase? 
we recommend 15 minutes. So it gives the body a little time to help that colostrum move towards the nipple pores and out into the flange, hopefully into the bottle um, or the collection apparatus, whatever that is. Um, But nonetheless, about 15 minutes is enough to at least, as you say, put in the order for the milk, even (laughs) though she hasn't collected anything. Mary, whether they're doing hand expression or pumping, do you suggest things like warmth? Like I like to put a warm compress on the mother, not for the rest of her lactation life, but at least in those first few days, do you do you do that as well? We do recommend warm compresses, and I recommend covering up those flanges. I often yep. take a baby receiving blanket, cover yep. mom up because... That is stressful. Watching those for those drops and they're not coming just, you know, adds to the mom's stress, which does not help with the release of milk. So I ask them to do something else. Put on some nice music that they like. Music, um, yes. Yeah, or, or visualization. Some moms do mindfulness or meditation, anything oh, to help yes. them relax. Don't pay attention to the pump. Right. I would totally agree. And what's more is I would say that there are at least three studies that I can think of that have shown the beneficial effects of music. Ooh, maybe that's a a radio show coming up. (laughs) Uh, Really, here's the thing. The the FEARS study, and I'm saying F-E-H-R, came out in 1989. And how many years ago is that? I'm not good at math, but a lot of years ago, and people are still not aware of that. But I really do believe that the warmth and the music and the visualization Oh, man, I am big on that one as well. Hey, everybody, don't go away. I'm here today with Mary Foley. I'm your host, Marie Biancuso, for Born to be Breastfed. We'll be right back after this short break. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. 
Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. And I'm here today with Mary Foley, RN, IBCLC, who is also the creator of the Sweet Sips Colostrum Spoons. Sweet Sips is partnered with Hope on Haven Hill. That's a home for moms in recovery with their babies. Now, Sweet Sips will donate $10 to Hope on Haven Hill for every order that is received for a thousand spoons or more. Mary, we know that you're really passionate about colostrum and we know that you are passionate about getting that colostrum to the baby. So give us the short story for why did you develop the Sweet Sips Colostrum Spoons? Oh, great, great. Thanks, Marie. Um, As I mentioned maybe a little earlier, we were teaching hand expression um, in the hospital, it was rather new. I mean, for us, I'd say it was about 15 years ago, and um, hand expression was not part of our everyday repertoire. Certainly, the staff nurses were not teaching it, and even some of the lactation consultants were not routinely teaching it. But as we were working towards baby-friendly and trying to find ways to improve our exclusivity, we realized that some of this supplementation was happening uh, really in the first day, again, because the yep. baby was sleepy or for different reasons. So, um, so true. we heard about hand expression and we started doing it. And the, then we came with the quandary of what are we expressing into? So we were trying to yeah. find some sort of tool in the hospital that we already had. And um, we, we were using kitchen spoons. And mm-hmm. um, it just seemed to me that there was something missing, that there must be a little tool for moms who are collecting half a milliliter of, or a milliliter of colostrum, something that we could collect the milk in and also feed it to the baby. So that's where the idea came from. Uh, that's just fantastic. And again, I just got to get my dibs in here. There are, there's no waste, there's no sticking to something that's not going to be used, and there's no transfer. So those are good things. So, Mary, to play devil's advocate here, uh, if I were in your facility and I would say to you, ah, Mary, come off it, how about we just use a syringe instead? What would you say? So you'd still have to collect the, um, the colostrum in something in order to pull it up in a syringe. You can't just pull right. put the syringe on the nipple. So... 
the colostrum spoon, even if you like to use syringes, and in fact, some of our staff do use the combination, so they mm-hmm. collect into the spoon, and then occasionally what they'll do is they don't, they don't necessarily want to use that colostrum right that minute, so they will pull it up in an oral syringe, and it's good for, at room temperature for several hours, so we'll leave it there, and that is available for the mom to use over the period of two to three hours anytime she wants to. So you can combine both the spoon and the oral syringe if that's your preference. If that's your preference. Mary, I know that your hospital is probably not uh, a place where mothers with high-risk babies deliver, but are you aware of the spoons being used for very premature babies or in uh, NICUs? No, Marie, not yet. They're actually intended for full-term healthy babies because um, a full-term healthy baby, I feel, can coordinate that suck, swallow, breathe um, even on day one, whereas a premature infant may not have that ability just yet. Well, it kind of depends on how premature the premature is, but I see where you're going with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Mary, do you really, honestly, I... I, I want you to defend this here. Do you really have any evidence that these things really work? Uh, I can absolutely tell you it is one of the tools that we brought in as we were working on exclusivity. Um, it was one of the tools that we used, and our exclusive rates have been going up and up uh, in combination with other changes as well. Sure. But I sure. can tell you from staff experience, they really like the tools because when... When a staff person has been familiar with settling a baby, either with a supplement, and we take that away, or a pacifier, and we take that away. Take that away. What, tool, what tools are we leaving yeah. with them? With them? True. So it, if, it's, True. if it's a long period of time, the baby hasn't nursed well, the nurse has a tool. She, instead of just going a long period and saying, with her hands up, what can I do? Now she can do that so she has something um, to help her get through that sleepy period or that, you know, you mentioned about things aren't always on an upward spiral. Upward spiral. The same thing yeah. applies to the baby. The baby may have nursed three, four times very well, and then all of a sudden goes to the breast. <laughs> That's true. He's all confused, <laughs> like he never breastfed before. So That's a few true. drops of colostrum, a, a sucking on mom's finger for a minute, calming down, and that can help the baby get to the, to the breast. Yeah, see, I think you gave such a great example earlier about how this is a way to help, I don't know, stimulate or awaken the baby. And I usually tell people when they're taking my comprehensive lactation course that uh, the idea here is if you can get the baby in sort of that, that drowsy state, you can either help him to go back to sleep or you can help him to wake up, depending on what you want him to do. He's sort of in that mode of, yeah, I think I'm supposed to be doing something here. Remind me what it is I'm supposed to be doing. And if you if you give him a little colostrum, he's like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Mary, talk to us about this, the material. What's the spoon, the, the Sweet Sips colostrum spoon? What's it made out of? It's made of, out of a food-grade plastic, and it's BPA-free. It has a soft, rounded edge, so um, when you put it to the baby's lips, it's not sharp. And it has a little handle uh, for the provider to be able to hold on to. Even if you are not very coordinated or you're yeah. a man and you have big hands, how does that work? Yes, yeah, it works fine. <laughs> it's, just a, well, it's like a baby, a little cute baby spoon. <laughs> Okay. Where's the product made? 
The product is manufactured in Canada. Okay. How much does it cost? The cost is 18 cents per spoon. And when you order in bulk, the price goes down. So, for example, 1,000 spoons would be $140. Okay. And my understanding is that you're really looking for these to go into hospitals, not so much to individuals. Exactly. And I'm certainly open to moms wanting to buy maybe three spoons or six spoons and bring bring them with them. But um, the, the big bang really here is, is really going to be if the hospital has them available, that's going to be the big bang because it then really is. The, the helpers have some help to do their job. And I think that that's really what you're trying to get at here. Well, this has right. certainly been a very, very informative time. Oh, Mary, I, I almost cut you off. Uh, give us your website, please. Sure. It's sweet sipscolostrumspoons.com. Sweet, S-W-E-E-T, SIP, S-I-P-S, because that's what colostrum is, sweet sip, uh-huh. um, sweet sip colostrum spoons.com. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. Well, as usual, this hour goes by really, really quickly. I'd like to thank all of you for being here, and I would like to thank Mary Foley, who has made this show possible, and I'd like to thank her for talking to us about the uh, Sweet Sips. That's at SweetSipsColostrumSpoons.com. I'd like to invite you to visit me at BornToBeBreastFed.com, and I would also like you to Go to my Facebook, and if you'd give me one of those little thumbs up, that would be really good. And if you'd like to leave a question for me or for Mary or for any of my past guests, please feel free to do that. Uh, I have one on my desk right now from, I think, a week or two ago. I can't always get to them quickly, but I do try to get to them. If you're a professional and you're looking for continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. My courses and tons of resources and my blog and much more are available by other website for professionals. That's breastfeedingoutlook.com. Again, that's breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. Next week, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuzo next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.